0: of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. Listen to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast that feels like you're talking to friends. I am one of your friends, Dave. We're joined, as always, by your other friend, Ike. Ike, how are you? I'm doing pretty,
1: pretty good, pretty good. I can't complain. Cannot complain. How are you doing?
0: I- I'm good. This is Saw X Week. It mm-hmm. is coming out this weekend. I'm super excited. And, of course, we're all about the Saw franchise today, as this is our Saw franchise episode. We're going to talk about all nine movies, and we're going to rank them based on our favorites, again, it's it's this is just our opinions right this is just what we feel we enjoy the best uh this is our cumulative ranking uh so we'll get to that uh very soon uh this is kind of our franchise episodes don't have a lot of the bells and whistles a lot of the news and whatever we get right to it because it's a lot to talk about uh but before before we get to that let's touch on a few things uh thanks to our wives as we always say monica and kayla for everything you do and all the support we we fully expect that next episode, when we discuss and review Saul X, uh, we expect a wise rebuttal that week because Monica has already proclaimed that she thinks she'll have some issue with our our opinions on the Saul franchise. <laughs> as in, she believes that we will be a lot more positive about the franchise as a whole than she is. So uh, I don't know. Stand by. We'll see what happens next episode with that but before we get into the salt franchise I, I I straight up I didn't really watch a lot this week I've had a crazy ass week uh work has just been killing me the last couple of weeks so I haven't had a lot of time to watch a lot uh oh actually I did watch uh damn I can't remember the movie now what was the movie you suggested to me oh uh the one on Hulu no one will save yes. you that's it I watched that one uh and i I enjoyed that movie I enjoyed it a lot yep. that was fun uh Monica watched a little bit of it she didn't like it at all uh, but I did, man. I thought, and I couldn't. I was watching this movie, and I couldn't think. Where do I know this actress from, right? I thought, where do I? She was the. She was on the uh, the Tim Allen show. Uh, what was that uh, show okay. called? Uh,
1: uh, t- uh
0: Home Improvement. No, no, no. The other one he did.
1: Uh, oh. uh, uh Last Man stand
0: Standing. Yeah, Last Man Standing. <laughs> yeah, she was on that. She played Eve on that, which I don't. I'm not a big fan of that show, or didn't watch it necessarily. But I've watched some. That's where I recognize it from. But I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was pretty fun. Uh, I always, I'm always up and and like a a good alien movie. Uh, And I thought this one was well done. And Ike, I I wanted to ask you, now that I've watched it and I look back, did this movie have any dialogue in it? Did it? I don't think it did. Yeah, (laughs) uh, no English dialogue at least. Right, there was alien noises. Sounds like, um, but even some of the flashbacks, I don't know if there was any words spoken in this. And I'm not complaining about that. Cause it, it, it apparently worked. Um, I thought it was a fun movie though. Uh, what, what'd you think of it?
1: Yeah, no, I, like you said, I didn't watch a whole lot other than this, but I loved it. I thought it was really good. It was honestly, it was very unexpectedly good. I, I watched it and I was very surprised by it, especially for it being like a Hulu original. Um, yeah, it was, it was really so, like kind of a shocking, like entry for me, especially for as far as streaming movies go. So, um, you know, not, a small spoiler just because I know some people, you know, might watch this movie. Um, so I won't give away the whole ending, but, uh, I definitely was not seeing where it was going and yeah. I was, uh, very surprised at the sort of the repeatedness of, you know, the ending and how it actually ended. Cause I was definitely expecting her to die. I was like, oh, this is it. This is it. This has to be it.
0: Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty, pretty, I thought it was pretty original. Um, I thought it was fun. Spectacularly active, man. She's talented, man. She was great. And, um, and I mean, because, you know, truth be told, she was the majority of the movie, right? There wasn't a whole lot of other stuff. She was, she, she shouldered the, the bulk of it. And that's just, I would think that would be tough to do, but she was great. And, um, I liked it. I thought it was fun. It was, it was a fun watch. Uh, Thoroughly enjoyed it. I remember hearing about it and knew it was coming, but then you mentioned it to me because I guess I didn't realize it was, was coming. Um, yeah, but, uh, I highly suggest people go out and run out to Hulu and watch that thing. Uh, I, I gotta think this is going to do well on the streaming uh, platform. It's a, it's a pretty cool movie. So, uh, so I guess that pretty much kind of wraps up what we watched. <laughs> and then since we both said didn't watch much else, uh, but, but that was a good one. Like I said, I highly suggest people go out and watch it. Uh, but we're, we're ready to jump then. We're talking Saul yeah. franchise. It's all time for the, the jigsaw and, and etc. cetera. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I'm, I'm so looking forward to Saul X. Uh, I tried to do a rewatch of the Saul franchise here recently. I only got through eh, a few of the movies, got sidetracked, too busy. Uh, that's okay. But, uh, but we're, we're here for it. We have, there's nine movies in existence before this one and uh, we're going to rank our favorites and discuss them and have all the facts and details. So let's take a quick break when we come back we are going to do that we're going to talk the saw franchise so hang in there make sure you subscribe to listen to their screams on your favorite podcast platform also make sure you look us up on social media we're on facebook twitter instagram Letterboxd, TikTok, and slasher all you have to do is look up listen to screams that is listen the number two in screams and you can find us there also, make sure you go and buy yourself a Listen to Their Screams t-shirt. You can find all of our shirts at tinyurl.com, Screams Shirts.
1: All right, and we are back, and we are starting off on a not-so-good No, I'm kidding, not not a not-so-good note, but we're going to start off from the <laughs> lowest ranked uh, and go to our highest rank. This is how we do all of our rankings. Um, so... Since there are of course nine of these movies, that means that we're gonna be counting down from nine to one in terms of which ones we, you know, cumulatively thought were good, bad, not so good, whatever. Um and, and I'll be honest, some of these are not the best, but mm-hmm. I would say for the most part, most, if not all, of these have redeeming qualities, um, to some extent. So definitely if we say one of your favorites is not so good, that doesn't mean we didn't like the movie. It just means that it wasn't our favorite, so um, yeah. keep that this in mind. <laughs> is, yeah. This
0: is just our enjoyment, right? What we enjoyed. Uh, I, 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 I tend to think a lot in rewatch value when I do this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Like, uh, what would I, what would I jump back in and just rewatch? Um, like, like we've said before, most movies, I can find something I like in them. So that's not saying they're a horrible movie. Just cause if a movie's ranked nine doesn't mean it's a necessarily, uh, say it's a bad movie per se. It's just of the nine, the one maybe we least enjoyed watching. So
1: yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, but all right, here we go, starting us off. At number nine, we have the most recent entry into this franchise, Spiral. This was released on May 14, 2021, written by Jill John Stolberg, directed by Darren Lynn Bousman, and starring Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. This had an open weekend of $8,750,034, and it was good for number one for the weekend during the pandemic. So, um, There are a couple of things I want to mention about this movie is that, first of all, it was released during the COVID-19 pandemic. So um I think this is probably on the lower end of grossing movies um, for the Saul franchise. Yeah. And, you know, it is what it is. I I think that it probably could have used being pushed off a little bit longer. But I understand why they did what they did. But I think the reason that this is not more of a popular film is most likely due to COVID. And that's not even to say that this was a bad movie either, just because this is ranked number nine. Now, yeah. for people who maybe don't remember, this is not a direct entry into the Saul, um, current Saul Pen- Parthenon or Pantheon, if you will. This is actually a book of Saul movie. So yeah. they came up with sort of this cool idea to sort of anthologize these movies. And there are still plans to do this more in the future. But basically, this is a copycat killer who is just copying some of the tropes and themes of John Kramer. This person has, as far as we know, no actual connection to John Kramer, Um, but basically this is a, uh, we have Chris Rock, he is a uh, detective, and he takes on a rookie cop detective type deal to be his partner. Um, They start going through the motions, and a new jigsaw killer kind of emerges, um, all kinds of interesting traps and things like that. Um, but honestly, Spiral has a really good message, in my opinion. It talks about a lot of the corruption and police police work and how um, when you do decide to be a good police officer, um, typically you are met with a lot of backlash and a lot of uh, horrible things happening to you. So this does have a very prominent and good message and a very uh, important lesson to learn about our current society. Uh, it's just that this was not our favorite salt movie. <laughs>
0: yeah um again i think that's part of it right it doesn't it doesn't fit into the into the Saul series as as directly as some of the others so that i i guess it, in, in viewing the series as a whole that hurts it a little um part of it I, it's not that i i don't dislike chris rock per se this just kind of felt like a an awkward role for him i don't know how yeah. to put that right it felt like a little out of his own. i'm not saying chris rock's not talented or what what have you but you know you think chris rock you think comedy and it's just, it's a little odd to maybe see him in this role. Um, and again, like, like you said, you know, it, it was important to mention that this did come out during the pandemic because the, the, the weekend growth sounds very low. So you can take that with a grain of salt. To be fair, you can also take that it was the number one in the box office with a grain of salt. It's hard to judge, right? right. How, how, what this would have performed. Um, as, as you view the series in a whole, the series as a whole does very well opening weekends. So, there's nothing to make you think that even in normal quote unquote circumstances, this wouldn't have still performed well. Right. We've talked about how horror movies perform, but, but, but there is right. There is that asterisk to, to, to put on there Uh, again, the movie, it's not that it's, I don't know. I I don't, it's not a rewatch movie for me. I don't know. You know, if I watched the series as a whole, yes, I would rewatch it to be in the series. Uh, and again, it is what it is. But if you take all nine movies as a whole, yeah, it's probably my least favorite of the nine. Uh, and a lot of it does lean heavily into the fact that it's, it is not directly tied into the rest of the story in the series. Um, uh, and, and I, to me, that kind of hurts it when you talk about the world of Saul. So. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I don't know. I've never, I don't know if I've ever really heard anybody that wants to die on the hill of spiral and say, yes, this <laughs> <was> is a <laughs> <great> movie, but. <laughs> That's maybe a good point. Is, I mean, uh, <laughs> some movies that I don't like, you, there's people out there that love them. I don't know that I've heard that one Spiral. Maybe there is. All due respect, maybe there is. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but that moves us on to our number eight in our rankings. Uh It would be Saw 5, released October 24th, 2008, directed by Patrick Melton, or excuse me, written by Patrick Melton, directed by David Hackle, starring Scott Patterson, uh, Costas Mandelor, and Tobin Bell. Opening weekend grossed 30,053,954, which was good for number two on the weekend. Um, I, I, fill me in here. Saw five, I'm having trouble. I, again, these all blur to me for some reason, except the ones that I've rewatched more. Uh, it's, Saw five is not one of my favorites. Help, help me catch up. What, give me some, give me some gist of Saw five.
1: Yep. So just for point of clarity, Saw five takes place after the end of Saw four. Saw four and Saw three both take place at the same time technically. Yeah. So Saw five is the continuation of Saw three slash four. Saw four ended with us learning that Detective Mark Hoffman is a uh, basically a disciple of John Kramer. And in the beginning of this film, um, we showed uh, his name is uh, FBI agent Peter Strom. He's actually locked into a unwinnable trap. Um where he actually has to give himself a self-tracheotomy in order to survive being drowned in a box. Um, that's kind of like the opening scene of the film is, you know, him basically giving himself a trach to escape Detective Hoffman. Now, the main puzzle of this game actually is, um, there's like five or six people locked into an underground area, and they're all there because they all participated in the uh in some way shape or form in burning down a building and covering up the the, the deaths of a bunch of people basically um so that's kind of the gist of the story is that uh Strom survives the tra- his the trap he basically has to try and figure out what's going on he suspects Hoffman but can't put it all together and eventually at the end of this you know, de- Detective Strom actually ends up dying because uh, Hoffman outsmarts him, and then um, the entirety of the trap is blamed on Strom. So everybody thinks in the world of Saw, people think that Detective Strom is, a de- is an accomplice versus Hoffman. If that helps. <laughs>
0: um. Yeah. See, I, I I don't remember a lot of this. Uh, I don't claim to be a Saw expert. I, I do enjoy the <laughs> Saw movies, but again, some of these. I, I, I don't know that I've seen them more than one time. Yeah. And, and again I didn't get all the way through my my rewatch. Um and and, and Saw 5 I it wasn't one of my favorites. Uh yeah. so um yeah, I mean that does that does spark some memory, but uh yeah, I'm try- I'm I'm starting to see why uh this ranked low for us. That that's
1: um, what I was going to say is that because like you said, I I personally I love the Saw movies. I have, you know, I I can find something positive about a lot of these you know, I think the one thing that I can find positive about this movie is that the game was unique, right? Because that's something you have to think is that like, for instance, in the previous movie spiral, it wasn't as much of a game as it was individual occurrences of like quote unquote games. It wasn't like a group effort. Like normally these get these traps are a lot of these traps have more than one person attached to it. Um, whereas this one doesn't. So yeah. that that being said I think it's a lot less memorable because um, quite frankly it's sort of in the middle I mean this is actually the exact middle movie out of nine movies and a lot of the time when you have those middle movies you remember the first the first few movies are great the latter few movies usually kind of have like a, a a boot and rally but those middle movies they kind of get lost because they're not they're usually just kind of retreading old material so that's yeah. why it's in the position it's in <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, and I think that's why they, they kind of blur to me, right? Some of these, I, I, yeah, you know, it just feels like, the the materials just kind of redone, right? It's not, there's not a, some originality. The ones that ranked a little higher and stand out a little more have a, a little spark of originality to them. Um, and, and some of the others kind of, kind of tend to blur together a, a little bit. So, uh, but anyway, that was number eight. So, uh, I right, take us on to our number seven favorite of the Saul franchise.
1: Yes, indeed, we have Saw 3D, released October 28th, 2010, written by Patrick Melton, directed by Kevin uh, Grittart, and uh, starring Costas Mandalore and Tobin Bell, and it is opening weekend gross $22,530,123, and it was, again, good for number one that weekend. So, Saw 3D. Um, I'm going to start off and say that I I think I actually had this maybe a little bit lower. Um, but basically, I don't like this movie just for the fact that it was shot in 3D. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have a thing about movies that are shot specifically to be in 3D. It's yeah. just, I don't like it. Now, here's the thing I will say this is called Saw the Final Chapter. That's how it was also released. This was technically the final chapter of the, um, this was meant to be the final chapter in terms of like Tobin Bell's Jigsaw um sort of like his final plans being put into place this movie i did quite enjoy um just for you know dave so he has kind of a an idea um this movie actually takes place after all the other movies it doesn't coincide with any of them thankfully and the primary premise of this film is a um the people who are involved in the game are the people who work for the insurance company that basically denied John Kramer's um, treatment. Mm-hmm. So all the people who are in this game are people who are from the insurance companies, which, hey, I'm all for that. Insurance companies suck. Second, uh, the previous survivors from the game, such as Dr. Gordon, um, there was one of the original beginning uh, movies, there is a scene where a woman had to cut off her arm to, uh, basically give a pound of flesh as part of her game. Um, so it has her and has a couple other people from the other movies, which is cool. Uh, but basically this is the final chapter. This is, uh, Detective Mark Hoffman putting into, uh, putting into play the final game. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, uh, it's, it's overall just an interesting concept. And they bring in those old disciples who end up being part of the whole thing. And, um, you get that last, uh, game over that you get from, uh, Dr. Gordon, who is supposedly the, the first, uh, victim of Jigsaw. So,
0: um, yeah. 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 It's yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah and, and, uh, again, I, <laughs> you, you have to like the, like you said, the strike at the, uh, the big insurance and, and all that. Uh, I, I get that. And, and I, you know, that ties in. I don't know if it ties in, but it makes me think of the upcoming movie quite a bit, right? Cause it's, Focuses a lot on, on uh, John's condition, right, and is uh, seeking treatment, seeking, you know, seeking uh, a, a recovery Actually, from it.
1: I'm so sorry. I I'm I was wrong. I just looked it up. I apologize, everybody. This was not the insurance company. That was a different one.
0: Okay, we'll scratch the, that then.
1: Yeah, scratch See. that. This <laughs> th- this one was the survivor who is faking being a survivor. This is the one where the guy wrote a book oh, about surviving yeah, Jigsaw. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, see, this is the issue, guys. A lot of these blur together because I they guarantee do. the next one we talk about is probably going to be the one with the insurance company. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, this is the one where the guy claimed that he was a survivor of Jigsaw, but it ended up not being the case. He wasn't actually a survivor of Jigsaw. He was faking it all.
0: Yeah. And again, like you said, this is my issue. Again, I, you know, I love the franchise. I love the concept as a whole. But that is my issue with, with a few of these movies is there's, there's not enough spark and originality there to make them stand out to me. And that's why I have so much trouble. Even if I had rewatched all these recently, I think I would still have trouble blurring these together. Um, it, it's hard to remember. I, I do know that Saw 3D gets a lot of hate. I do yeah. know a lot of people do not like this. Uh, and a lot of people rank this very low as, I mean, as we did. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, there's, there is a kind of a uh, quote unquote consensus that this is one of the, <laughs> the weaker of the franchise. And, um, and that's, uh, you know, that's part of the issue sometimes when you get a franchise that goes several movies is you have to come up with ideals that keep it fresh and memorable and not just retreading some stuff, or it does make it hard to remember what's what when you try to think in the grand scope of things. Right. Um, uh, so, so let's move on then to our number six. Uh, favorite quote unquote of the franchise. It is Jigsaw, uh, released October 27th, 2017, written by Joss Stahlberg and Pete Goldfinger, directed by Michael and Peter Spearing. It is starring Matt Passmore and Tobin Bell. It had an opening weekend gross of 16,640,452, which was good for number one for the weekend. Um, again, I think that this is another one of those movies that gets a lot of hate. Uh, as far as the, uh, the Saw movies, I I, I see this a lot of times bashed online that, that, you know, the, the, the three that always hit me. It's always Spiral, Jigsaw and Saw 3D that for whatever reason, people really dislike in this franchise. I know we had Saw 5 down there too. I don't know the, the reception online of that, but I always, you know, as, as you see things, tweets, posts, what have you. Uh, these three, get they get a lot of hate. Uh, so, Ike, uh, give us a little recap and talk to us about Jigsaw.
1: Yep, absolutely. So, um, Jigsaw, because here's the thing. I like Jigsaw as a concept, but I don't like its implications for the overall series, which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, Jigsaw is technically the first game. So, Jigsaw is taking place both in the present time and also prior to the, first, the events of the first Saw game. And the reason we know that this takes place due to the original Saw game is because there's a scene where they're, con- they're actually constructing the reverse bear trap uh, trap that Amanda wears during the first Saw film. So, ergo, this film must take place before since they are building it then. That being said, um, this movie basically was Jigsaw's first, and that's why it's called Jigsaw. This was Jigsaw's original game prior to the first one. And... There's a lot of implications for that that I feel like make the rest of the series not make as much sense. Um, but basically the plot of this is that, um, there are people who are playing in the game. They keep finding bodies and on these bodies are paraphernalia and other things that are from John Kramer. They find blood of John Kramer under the nails. John Kramer's grave is, you know, been dug up and there's his body's missing. So basically they're like, someone is copycatting, but making the world fake that somehow John Kramer is still alive, which is obviously not the case. Um, but the kind of long and short of it is that again, a, a corrupt police de- detective is essentially the one who's being played here. His name is, I think Brad Halloran. And, um, there is a, he is a, what is it called? The a, mor- a, mor- a mortician, I think, or a, I cannot remember what they call it. Warner. Um, Coroner, yes. So the coroner is actually a, um, his name's Logan Nelson. Logan Nelson is actually a disciple of Jigsaw who was in the first game, and Jigsaw actually put him there because he read his uh, uh, his uh, x-rays wrong, which led to the delay of his diagnosis, which is a great inclusion. But Jigsaw, John Kramer, gave mercy to him because he knew it was a mistake, and he knew it was not right to kill him for that simple mistake so you do have sort of a softening of john kramer here where he does no mercy and that he only puts people who are deserving of the games in the games and he and he what he says is that the reason we do this is not out of vengeance or fear it is you know because people deserve to be in these games and so I like that. I, I like that they kind of gave the twist that like John Kramer is a, is a human. Being. He has a soul. He only puts people in these games that deserve to be there and he took mercy on the one that didn't. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the gist of it. There's a lot of other in between bullshit with this movie. I, I, I think the bad thing about this movie is that there are some implications of this being the first games that kind of retcon some things. You know what I mean? That. You know, because we never see Logan Nelson at any other point in the franchise um, as an accomplice other than in this film. So that obviously opens up a lot of questions, if you will.
0: Yeah, it's a it's kind of a touchy area when you try to go back and do a a prequel type thing or touch on things before the original movie that really set things off. Um, You know, you you can you have you you run the risk. Of, of lessening your original movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, so that, you know, it's a touchy subject. Um, and uh, I don't know, you know, like this, this movie's, you know, it's all right. I, I don't like, I, I can't say as a blank statement, I don't like when movies do that. It, we'll talk about it later, but the first movie to me is so good. It's so great as it is. I, I would have never touched anything. But prior to that or or touched anything in that realm. Um, I, I do like the fact, like you said, they give, they give him a a little bit of a soul, a little bit of a reasoning behind some of this stuff because I hold true overall. The best villains in pop culture truly believe in their mind. They're doing the right thing. They, they truly believe that there's a reasoning behind what they're doing. They don't necessarily think. What they're doing per se is wrong or evil. They can justify what they do. They, they can say whether it's right or wrong, whether it's twisted or not. Uh, the most memorable villains, you can, uh, you can, I, I don't want to say relate. Relate may not be the right word, but you can feel that touch of, yeah, you know, if I was in that position, what would I do? Right? Would, would it push me to that point? Um, and so, you know, adding some of that in and uh, touching on, leaning on that some of the medical stuff and, and uh, the misdiagnosis. So, you know, I, I get that. Um. So you know, but but still, if you take it in, in the scope of the franchise, Jigsaw, I don't. It doesn't hold up to me as well as some of the others. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So uh, okay, we're moving on. Then we are in the uh, into the upper echelon here at number five. Go ahead, Ike.
1: Yep, absolutely. So at number five, we have Saul number six. That's right. Released October 23rd, 2009, written by Patrick Melton, directed by Kevin Grutart, and then starring Costas uh, Mandalore and Tobin Bell, opening weekend of $14,118,444, and it is good for number two of that weekend. Saw six. Saw six.
0: I think this exactly. is our insurance one, isn't it?
1: Yes, this is the insurance one. this is in fact the one with the insurance company there we, um, go. We, we we get there eventually but this mm-hmm. is also technically um this is what's his name uh John Kramer's final game. this is what John Kramer wanted to be the final game because he left behind a like a chest that had um a modified a reverse bear trap trap that was meant for detective Hoffman. And he also had um, a bunch of envelopes with the insurance company people. And then Detective Hoffman was supposed to be the final victim of Jigsaw. But, as we know, Detective Hoffman survives this movie. But honestly, this movie, I kind of ranked it higher, um, simply speaking, because the people who are in the trap this time do kind of deserve it, right? You you know, you kind of think to the fact of, you know, for-profit medicine, and, you know, is it morally okay to deny somebody because of X, Y, or Z reason? And, you know, so you kind of get into that moral gray area of, you know, could you place responsibility for the death of John Kramer on these people who are essentially refusing to help him, right? And so that's kind of the question it asks you, is that, you know, this guy, the CEO who of the insurance company who's involved in the trap Um, he's being tested because his formula says, you know, certain people deserve to live, certain people deserve to die based on, you know, their current health, past health, this, that, and the other, right? Mm -hmm. So, he's being tested, basically, does he actually believe this? And so he's being put into situations where he has to choose between his coworkers, and typically by choosing, it, it hurts him as well, so... Um, there are some innocent victims I would say in this movie, which doesn't really, you know, fit the operation of John Kramer because John Kramer wouldn't put somebody in this trap who didn't deserve it. So there, there were a lot of people in this who were, I would say, innocent bystanders for the most part, who just nearly existed around this insurance CEO. So that is the one detractment I would have from this is that it doesn't necessarily fit the true purpose of John Kramer. But nonetheless, it is a good movie. Um, I, I think it has an interesting message, and then of course, um, supposed to be the end of uh, Detective Hoffman, but he of course escapes narrowly.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, again, like we started to say earlier, um, it's hard <laughs> not to relate to that uh, dislike of big insurance yeah. and those things. Um, like you said, there, you know, you can see some of the purpose, the uh, the intent behind John's motives and what's going on. Uh, this is where I think we start to get into the the movies in my mind where uh it still has that originality, right? It it still has the sparks of original, uh, whether it be the 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 traps or whether it be the concepts, you know, this is where we the blur clarifies a little bit, right? And it's a little more a little more distinct in the meaning behind the movies. Um and they're not kind of retreading as much. Uh, um, I know that's odd to say for a movie that was the sixth one. Uh, but I, I feel like they kind of, they kind of, they kind of hit on it, right? This is a, this is a decent movie, um, in, in the franchise. Uh, not what I would call great, but, uh, but it's okay. And uh, again, it, there is, it's still, it's still wild because, you know, depending on your position, depending on your aspect, there is some relatability to John. <laughs> and, uh, and, and if, you know, and I, and I like that though. It's like, if you were in that position, would you, you know, would you, if you had the capability, would you, would you not do that? Would you not feel the same way? How many times has, have you, have, have people said, you know, man, I would like to, whatever. And, uh, I, you know, so, and I think that just, that adds depth to the character and to the, the franchise. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So moving on. Uh, we're to number four in our favorite movies in the Saul franchise. It is Saul two released October 28th, 2005, written by Lee Wannell and Darren Lynn Bozeman, directed by Darren Lynn Bozeman, starring Donnie Wahlberg, uh, Tobin Bell and Shawnee Smith opening weekend. It grossed 31,725,652, which was good for number one for the weekend. Uh, Saw 2 is where we're getting, right? We're getting down. We're getting down to where it all started. Uh, this is at number four, but it's still, it's a pretty solid movie. Uh, you know, you got Donnie Wahlberg in there. Um, you still got what, uh, I can't remember. What is Shawnee Smith? Is it Amber? Is that her name? Uh, her character's name? Oh, uh, Shawnee Smith, uh, her, it's Amanda. Amanda. That's right. Okay. Sorry. Uh, you know, th- this is where we're, we're kind of that core of where it started. And, uh, Again, it's a pretty good movie. It's you know uh, drew a lot in the box office. But as you look at this franchise as a whole, even the movies that are back, these, these movies always performed. They were always top three on opening weekends. So the franchise as a whole draws. Uh, but this is when it was still fresh, right? This was coming off the heels of the first movie, uh, w- which was really kind of eye-opening um, and, and really kind of turned people's heads a little bit. Uh, so I talked to us a little bit about Saw Two.
1: Yes, Saul 2. So you know, as they said, this is definitely in the upper like echelons of our um, our rankings and for a good reason, um, this, I think we'll talk about it a little bit, but not to say this was a bad movie. This just wasn't our most favorite of the Saul movies. The other ones had other, um, you know, other redeeming qualities that put them above this. But the thing about Saul 2 is that to me, the Saul 2 was a perfect sequel in a lot of ways. Um, it had a very meaningful game. A lot of the people in the game, you know, they had a way out, but basically John Kramer was banking on the fall of humanity here where, you know, all of these people are going to try and look out for themselves. They're common criminals, all put away by the same person, which was Donnie Wahlberg's character. Um, Donnie Wahlberg's character in this case is Eric Matthews, Detective Eric Matthews. And his son is also inside of this game. So the game is taking place, like, at a rundown, like, I, I, what, what I would imagine is a crack house, essentially. And, um, essentially the, the premise of this is that all the people within this are put away by Eric Matthews. Um, at some point or another, Eric Matthews is a crooked cop. Again, these movies have a very long running, um, trope of basically punishing crooked cops. So take that for what you will. Uh, but Eric Matthews is a crooked cop who planted evidence, lied on the stand, and basically his only thing he needs to do is wait there with John Kramer for like an, I think it's like an hour or something like that. And uh, that's all he has to do. And that's, the, but he but he doesn't. He doesn't do that because of whatever reason. And in this case, the reason he doesn't do is because he's trying to find his son. Well, the whole purpose of the game is to punish Eric Matthews. His son is in the game. His son is in constant danger. And the ultimate, like, twist of this is that his son is alive and basically in the original place that they found John Kramer, um, in yeah. a safe. But basically, Eric Matthews being, you know, too hard headed and jumping the gun and being violent, he took Jigsaw away and basically got trapped himself. So, yeah, it has a very interesting, you know, conversation about, well, all he had to do was wait. And his answers would have been provided to him. But he wouldn't. He wouldn't wait. Um, and John Kramer knew he wouldn't. So, uh, but John Kramer in this one is very ill. So he's very, you know, and uh, weak and feeble. Um, and basically, uh, this is basically where we have confirmation that there are other people who are working with John Kramer, namely Amanda, because we see her uh, acting on his behalf. So, um, great movie, great, you know, uh, findings in this movie there were a lot of really cool like you know oh wow this is a revelation and everything else so um very much a my, one of my favorites i would say saw 2
0: yeah it's a, it's a fun movie uh, again i always I, I enjoy Wahlberg, uh despite his new kids on the block past um <laughs> but uh yeah it's a again like i said i i still feel like at this you know obviously this is you know this being the second movie um the originality still there, right? It's not been worn out. They're not retreading, not, you know, repurposing anything per se. Uh, so it still feels, you know, exciting and fresh. Um, you know, so I think that's why, you know, it's again in our top four. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, let's move on, Ike. Uh, number, let's go on to our number three ranking.
1: Yes, indeed. Our number three just so happens to be number three. Saw uh-huh. number three. Reveal, pardon me. Released October 27, 2006. It is written by Leigh L and James Wan. Sorry about mispronouncing his name. And it is uh, directed by Darren Lynn uh, Bozeman. And it is starring Tobin Bell, Shawnee Smith, and Angus McFadden. Opening weekend gross: 33 million six hundred ten dollars three hundred, six hundred ten thousand three hundred ninety-one dollars. Good for a numero uno for the weekend. So, Saw Three. Saw 3, in my opinion, is one of the best in the franchise. Saw 3, for good reason, um, has a lot of positives to it. Saw 3 happens at the same time as Saw 4. Um, and in fact, uh, between Dave and I's rankings, Saw 3 and 4 were technically ranked the same. Um, which honestly is sort of poetic because they are happening at the same time. So, Saw 3, specifically, is telling the story of Two basically two separate people who we think are separate people. Um, we have a doctor who is kidnapped. Yep. We have, her name's Dr. Lynn Denlin, and then we have Jeff, who is also kidnapped um, separately. So Dr. Lynn Denlin is a doctor who's being put into this position um, to help uh, John Kramer because he has an, an operable brain tumor He's having a lot of complications, so she has to basically keep him alive. If not, the shotgun collar around her neck will blow off and basically revoke her brain privileges. Um, <laughs> and uh, basically Jeff is there because um, his son was killed, and his son was killed by, a, I believe, a drunk driver. And he is basically going through the steps to confront the people who are tertiarily responsible for his son's death um, i think like one of the one of them is a, the woman who like saw the accident but like drove away and didn't testify one of them is the uh lawyer of the drunk driver and then ultimately leading to the drunk driver himself so it, it's a very unique conversation about like everything that happened and you know all of that so And and the even more poetic thing about this is at the very end, um, basically, John Kramer, I think John Kramer reveals that he was the one that hit hit his kid, I think.
0: I believe so, yeah.
1: So uh, I was trying to remember that. Yeah, okay. Okay, we're good. Sorry, I was making sure I was remembering the right movie again. Jesus Christ. So then in addition to that, um, we find out that Dr. Lynn Denlin and Jeff are actually husband and wife. Yeah. So you find out that Lynn Denlin has been cheating on her husband and everything else. So they're, they're both being tested, but they're all of them are part of a grander test. And that grander test is for Amanda. Amanda is ultimately the one who is being tested here because all she had to do was let Lynn go and she would be she would be tested because yeah. john knew that if she didn't if Amanda did not let Lynn go and killed her that she would in turn die as soon as jeff entered the room and then the final icing on the cake was all jeff had to do was walk away and let john kramer live and his wife could have potentially lived but jeff could not move past his anger his frustration and everything else and his wife died. So that is Saul three.
0: Yeah. I, man, I really like Saul three. I, 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 again, I, we talked about the originality like of the first. I mean, I like this one. This to me, ultimately, I always think this is the Amanda movie, right? This is where she gets to, to step up. She shows her involvement in this. Uh, there's those parts where she's, she's impatient, right? She wants to just jump the gun because she's so intent on John being kept alive. That she, uh, almost loses track of, of the quote unquote master plan, right? The, the plan and the ideals and the traps. And, uh, so there's a lot riding on that. Um, I love the concept of, you know, of taking the doctor. I love how they tie it all together with her and the, and, and Jeff, uh, and the, and the kid and the drunk driver. I, I love how it all ties together when, when you, you, you're watching it, you know, and it feels like these, uh, different stories going on, but they're, Really wind up being just kind of one big story with different, you know, different layers, different chapters. Um, I feel like this, this movie is a good example of what the Saul franchise is. Yes. It is, uh, of the, the overall, the, the intent behind what John's doing, the, the people working with John, the, the purpose of what he's doing, the multiple things that he's trying to accomplish, multiple stories going on. But yet, these multiple stories all end up coming into one big picture. I, I feel like this one really, really encapsulates that a lot into a movie, and is a, a really a prime example of what this exa- of what this franchise is and can be. And uh and the, the to me, at least from a viewer standpoint, of, of what the thinking behind the movies are and, and the, the 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 ideal as a whole for this franchise. I think this is one of those that you can put up there as when people say, what is this Saul franchise? And you can show them this. And this is a really good example of what it's all about overall.
1: Yep. I would 100% agree with that. 100% agree with that.
0: So here we are. We're moving on to the top two. And at number two, it is Saul 4. Released October 26, 2007. Written by Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan. Uh, it was directed by Darren Lynn Boseman, starring Tobin Bell, Scott Patterson, and Costas, uh, Mandalore. I'm pretty sure that I'm pronouncing his name differently every time, but I apologize for that. (laughs) Uh, Opening weekend gross 31,756,764, which again was good for number one for the weekend. Ike, give us a recap of Saw 4.
1: All right. So Saw 4 again happens at the same time. Um, as Saw 3, technically the movie starts at the end of the movie, technically. So the beginning of Saw 4 is also the end. So at the beginning of Saw 4, we see the autopsy of John Kramer. So, autopsy is really cool, actually, very realistic looking. Um, and it reveals a wax coated microcassette in his stomach. And basically, it is uh, shown to Detective Hoffman, who is being told that the games have just begun. So there's a lot of cool stuff about this movie, but essentially this game is testing, um, I think it's, it's a SWAT agent, um, named Rig. So mm-hmm. Officer Rig is the object of this game. Officer Rig is, um, basically he is being tested because his whole thing is that he always runs in, guns blazing, he cares not for himself, not for his family, not for his P partners. He basically just wants to run in, get the job done, done, save his friends, whatever else. So the whole concept here is that Rig is being tested, but Rig is being tested in sort of a different way than we've seen so far. And I think this is part of the reason why this is ranked high. But be- the reason is o- a little bit better than some of the other movies is that Rig is being put into the position of John Kramer, and he's basically having to punish people to see that sometimes in order to save someone, you must put them in that predicament, and that they also must save themselves. So the whole concept of this is that Rig must save people by letting them save themselves. Um, You know, there's a series of traps that he's not actually directly involved in. They're basically just people who are in traps. Um, Once they get him out of the traps, or once they die, um, it leads them to the next trap. And then Rig basically hops from tra- trap to trap, um, seeing these dead bodies, uncovering these dead bodies, uncovering survivors of these people, putting people into traps, and eventually he gets to his final destination where he's told that um, his friends are there, which is, um, which we learn in this movie that um, from the second movie, uh, oh my god, what's his name? Eric, I cannot remember his last name, but Eric the cop that was Eric Matthews. He's still alive, um, and Mark Hoffman has also been kidnapped, and they're being put into this game um, by another participant of the game um, whose name is, I think, Trevor. So, no, his, his name's Art. He's the actually, uh, he was John Kramer's wife's lawyer. But anyways, it's a whole thing. There's a lot of mixing parts here. But the point of this is that Riggs is being tested, and he ultimately fails, which leads to Mark Hoffman dying—not Mark Hoffman, Eric Matthews dying—and we also learn that Mark Hoffman is a accomplice and a, uh, you know, student of Jigsaw. So this is the first movie where we learn of Mark Hoffman, who basically becomes the pinnacle and point of the rest of the movies.
0: Yeah, it's a like you said, kind of you know, a little bit of a transition, uh, but it's still. Again, like we've, we've talked about this whole thing. This still has the freshness and the originality. Uh, you know, I think, you know, the top, the top four movies, uh, the first four movies, which we, yeah, we had ranked in the top four in a, uh, in a different order, but, uh, you know, are, are pretty good, right? right? They They stand strong. They still have that freshness, that originality. I don't know if from a writing standpoint, maybe that's what they envisioned. Right. Four or five movies. And then because of the success, they had to keep going and come up with stuff. And that's maybe why we felt that retread starting to happen. Uh, because like I said, these first four or so movies still feel like there's a big, a big picture, a big story in mind. And, uh, and it feels kind of fresh and original. It's, it's, it's again, a fun movie. Uh, three and four are pretty close to me. I love, I really love three. Uh, but, you know, Force Fun 2, but I, I, they go hand in hand like you you talked about. Uh, and it, it's kind of hard to separate the two when you when you talk about them and, and watch them. Uh, so uh, a good movie, uh, but only good enough for number two, because there can only be one number one in all aspects. So, Ike, tell us what, uh, if, if everybody hasn't, you know, not played along at home <laughs> and haven't hasn't written it down and, and figured out what we ranked as the number one of our favorite of the Saw franchise. Absolutely. Um, like you said, uh,
1: unless people are not paying attention, our number one is number one. Saul, the 2004 original film. Saul is the story of two contestants in this wonderful game. Um, both can win, but, but will both win? That's the question. But the two people are, um, we talked about Dr. Lawrence Gordon. Um, Dr. Gordon is uh, probably a a pretty popular, I would say, uh, contestant here because he's played by Carrie Ells, um, who is widely known for his time with the Princess Diaries. And, uh, you know, it's uh, is is that the right. Did I say that right? Princess Diaries?
0: I believe so. Okay, I was making sure
1: making sure I'm not crazy.
0: Well, you are, but I don't know. Princess Bride,
1: Princess Bride, not Princess Diaries.
0: Oh, there Princess, you go. I was yeah, I was thanking Princess Bride, uh, too, but it's so odd. I was thinking the right movie, but Same. for some reason you said Princess. Oh, uh, that was weird.
1: Yeah, no, he was not in the movie with Anne Hathaway and whatever the old woman's name is, I promise you. Uh well. He, maybe was, he was in the movie
0: with Andre the Giant.
1: That's right. <laughs> so, anyways, Carrie Ells was in this movie. Um, and also, weirdly enough, the other person that is the, um, the other contestant, I keep saying contestant, uh, victim here, Adam, is played by none other than Lewan L. Um, which I thought was always so cool. I, I, found this out later in life, but I was like, wow, Leigh L just does whatever he wants. Um, yep. but anyways, <laughs> uh, Leigh he, he stars in this as well. Um, it's really cool. They're, they're the two people locked in a room, chained to pipes with a dead body in the middle of the floor. And they basically have to... It's a closed-circuit kind of, like, movie, which, in my opinion, makes this movie so fantastic. They're stuck in this one room. It gives you that claustrophobic feel. And um, there's a lot of stuff going on around them. And it gets really creative with sort of the the play of this game, how things, you know, operate from moment to moment. And ultimately, um, I think this one has some of the more creative... Um, filming techniques because it was relatively low budget um i think the big thing too is that we we have a lot of really creative games um such as the uh the reverse bear trap that amanda's stuck in um which this is the first appearance of amanda um at this point we technically unless we're counting the um doctor from jigsaw um Well, technically, I guess Amanda would have also been a part of the games at this point. Anyways, I'm getting too convoluted here. John Kramer is the mastermind. Um, He keeps the two people in the room. Um, I didn't say the budget for this one, but the budget was really low. And it didn't uh, gross as much as some of the other movies. Um, And it was only number three for the weekend. I also didn't mention any of the people who made this movie. So that's my bad. But the point that I'm getting to here is that this original film closed circuit room. Detective is trying to figure out who the jigsaw killer is. We see some faces that we'll see in later films. Um, But for the most part, a lot of the people who are in this film die in this film, (laughs) Um, which is kind of cool. It it really opened it up for other stuff later. And this movie, in my opinion, has the best ending of any of the Saw movies. Um, We see John Kramer rising from the bloody pile in the middle of the room, and he looks to Adam and says, there's a key in the tub. and Adam has that realization that he's fucked. He can't get out of here now. And John Kramer goes to the door, game over, shuts it, and that's it. And the last thing you hear is Adam screaming during the credits of the film. Um,
0: yeah, <laughs> which is great. This, uh, this, I'll tell you what. This movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is. So good. You can say what you want about the rest of the franchise. You can say what you want about the other eight movies that are in existence right now. This movie, to me, was was groundbreaking. There was nothing that had been done like this before, to this level at least. And I would challenge, you said one of the best movies of the French, one of the best endings of the salt This is one of the best endings of, of any horror movie in my eyes. Because when you, I, this is one of those movies that you wish you could go back and watch for the first time again, uh, and and have no memories of it, and 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 see that, because that ending when he stands up just blows your mind, and you're like, fuck, every, I mean, it's just like that first time you watch it and you see that, you don't see it coming. I don't care how good Monica is, is excellent at predicting the ends of movies, right, and knowing where it's going. She didn't know, right? It blew her mind. This is one of those movies you don't see that. You don't see it coming and it blows your mind when he stands up towards the end. This movie, um man, it is I don't know, I cannot sing the praises of it enough. It it, it really when I looked at the numbers and that the gross was a little low and it only did I was kinda of a little surprised. Um I know this movie did exceptionally well in the rental world after, obviously, and, and whatnot, but it, it holds true. When uh people want to see a uh, kind of a this kind of horror movie with some gore and some, you know, kind of makes you think and it will kind of blow your mind. This is one of the best movies to hold up and show somebody. Um it is It is groundbreaking. It is original. I mean, this movie literally is, I mean, spawned these other eight, almost nine now, coming out soon, sequels that are essentially in one capacity or another, just a spin off retelling of this first movie, right? If this first yeah. movie hadn't done it so well and established this foundation in this concept of the puzzles and what's going on in the, in the games, I mean, all these other movies, yes, there's different levels of originality, but they're all still spun out and retelling this first movie in yeah. some way or another. And, uh, and the fact that you can, I mean, there's, there's certain movies that have this many sequels that are still, whether you like them or you don't like them in your varying degrees, still trying to chase that first one, right? I mean, almost all these franchises that are long-running, whether it be Halloween, uh, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, whatever it is, there are different movies that are really, really, really good. But they all pale just a touch of that original in the yeah. feel, the concept, or whatever it is. Saul's right up there with them. Um, you know, whether you, you know, again, I like the Saul three. I, I you know, and, and I like Saul two and, and four, and, and and some of these others, different degrees, but they still all pale to that first one. There's something special about this first movie, and uh, I, I, I love this movie. I don't, I can't even tell you how many times I've seen it, and it still, it still makes me smile when you see that, it, even when you know it's coming and you know where it's going. Right. Because when you see it, you remember how much it blew your mind that first time and how, you know, the jaw dropping it was. It was, cause again, it, it was different. It was original. Uh, we, we talked about it before when we discussed found footage that, you know, Blair Witch Project, when it first came out, was different, right? It was something unique before that had become a trope and, and solves the same way, right? This, I mean, there's lots of movies that do this prisoner trapped in a puzzle. You have to answer these questions and play the game to get out. You know, whether we, we discussed not too long ago, whatever, The Cube and all these other movies. Ideal-wise, a lot of these spin out of the concept of Saul. Saul established this uh, this uh someone waking up in a unique situation, trying to figure out where the hell they are and how to get out of it. it, it uh, and I'm not saying necessarily... Because I don't know that they were the first, per se, to do it. But they were probably the first to do it at this level. Yeah. And um, there are, you know, again, there are handfuls of movies that establish characters that become part of pop culture. That establish a concept that becomes this ingrained in horror movies. Saul's one of those movies. uh, That it establishes things that become tropes. character. I mean... You see the bill. What is it, Billy the Puppet? Is that his name, Billy? I believe uh, so. You see, yeah, you see that. You know what it is. Um, it, it 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 hits on you and it, it evokes some of a very That is an iconic image and iconic character in horror movies. And um and it's all because of this first movie. And and uh again, it 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 achieves uh, uh, the numbers. The numbers don't don't tell the impact on horror that this first movie had. Um, I, I really, really, really feel that. Um, and, uh, I, I find it as one of the, the most perfect horror movies ever made in my eyes. It is, it is a, a great, great movie to watch. It has everything. It makes you think, it makes you cringe. It makes you jump. Uh, it blows your mind at the end the first time you watch. It has everything that you want in a horror movie. Uh, it, and, and at this time, when we're watching it, you don't have that sympathy for John yet. He's just he's just a villain. Yeah, right. He's crazy. Just, dude. <laughs> he, yeah, he's just a a, a, a a weird ass that's done something. You don't have some of that sympathy and some of that backstory yet. So when you watch the first one without the others, you it, know it, it has that badass villain that's just fucked up what you think at that time um you don't you don't have the full picture of it so um you know i know some of these movies i've not seen as, as much of the others and i couldn't really talk on them as much this one though man i love this movie absolutely love this movie and i will forever love the saw franchise just based on this movie alone um it, it's it's so good so good and i, and I still watch it even knowing the all the blow your mind moments and whatever. It's still good. It's still a great movie to watch.
1: Yeah. The, I was actually going to say, um, before we get, you know, wrapped up here, the thing that I think that a lot of people, you know, hate about the Saw movies is just the fact that they're, they're essentially just made for people who like gore. Um, and that's what a lot of people say is like, you know, Saw is just for people who like gore. You know what I mean? It's just a bunch of gore, gore, gore. And a lot of the later movies are like that. A lot of later movies are just trying to, you know, go above and beyond what the last movie did. Try and do something that's even, you know, more sketchy than the last movie. Do something that's more crazy than the last movie. Try and one-up the last movie. But the the beauty of these early movies, specifically like Saw 1, is that there's no expectation. This is the original film. This is where it all started. This is the groundwork. Um, and I think that's why I think Saw X, you know, relative to Saw 1 is going to do really well because this is going to possibly root some of those things that we didn't get until later Saw movies into an earlier or quote unquote earlier entry um, because it's going to sort of jump back in time a little bit. So, you know, Saw 1 was so fantastic because of how it started. It's it's laying the groundwork for this franchise. And I think that um, as we get closer to seeing Saul X. I think that Saul X is going to be fantastic because it's sort of going back to the roots of Saul. It's going back to John Kramer, who in my opinion is the heart and soul of Saul. Yep. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why some of those later movies aren't so good um, because John Kramer is absent for obvious reasons. He's dead. But I think that when movies include John Kramer to some respect or pay homage to John Kramer in some way, the movies tend to be better. They tend to be more closely related to the original source and the heart of the material. So, yeah, I Saw One is fantastic, nearly perfect, and I think that's why the earlier movies are so good and why they're ranked highly, and why I think Saw X will end up being ranked pretty high, high too. I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think that's a big part of it, right? I love the John Kramer character. I love you know what he is, and uh, and even I know they always try to to keep his fingerprint in there and they always try to tie back a little, but sometimes there is a you know, bit of a stretch, right? And you feel like, eh, you know, it's whatever. How many times can you, you try to say there's a tie here. Uh, but now that you're putting this back in this movie, back into the timeline earlier on where he's there, um, I, you know, I'm definitely, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm more excited for this one than I have, uh, you know, been for any of them in a while. Uh, to see to see how this plays out I, I can't wait to watch the movie uh and uh and again next episode uh we will uh we'll be talking about it so but let's take a quick break here uh that we've now that we've completed the rankings and when we come up we'll uh come back we'll uh talk a little bit about X and our our anticipation for it and close out the show listen to their screens is now a Fangoria collaborator Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code listen to Screams at checkout. That is LISTEN, to number two, and SCREAMS. Or you can click the link in the show notes. All right, and we're back here on LISTEN TO THE SCREAMS. Uh, that was our ranking of the nine Saw movies in the franchise and how we see them. Uh, and when in next episode, of course, we will be reviewing Saw X. We'll be going to see it. Coming out, uh, well, the, as of the day of the release of this, it'll be coming out uh, in some theaters, the night of the, the night of the day of the release of this and in other, it'll be the day after. Uh, but we will, we will be talking about it. And, uh, once we review it, we'll give a little concept of, Hey, where would we, where would we throw this in then into this ranking? Where would this, where would this fall? Uh, my anticipation and hopes, uh, I my gut feeling says, Hey, it would, it would, it'll land pretty high. I, I feel like I'm gonna enjoy this more than some of these lower ranked movies, but we'll see. Right. They've they've gotta deliver. They they've got my attention. They they've got my interest with the concept, the the time period and, and, and what they're doing here, but now they have to deliver on that. So we'll see. I I like the fact that uh from what we've seen in the trailers, it feels like there's a lot of uh John at his core, still still Kind of developing what he's doing a little bit, you know what I mean? It's a uh, kind of getting his footing on on what he's doing with some of this stuff. So uh, I, I'm I'm highly anticipating this movie. I uh, tell me tell me about you and your anticipation.
1: Yeah, I, I think you know kind of what we talked about. I, I think the the best thing about this movie and the best thing that the Saw franchise could have done is go back to the roots. And in this case, the the primary root of all of Saw is John Kramer. And after Saul 4, you know John Kramer was distinctly absent from a lot of the movies and a lot of the entries just because they're you know they might fit him in as a small little nod or you know something to that respect. But for the most part, substantially speaking, John Kramer's not a pinnacle part of any of the later movies. So I think that this movie's going to take us back. It's going to take us back to the originality of Saul. It's going to take us back to John Kramer. And I think that we're going to get a John Kramer that we haven't seen before. We're going to see a more vindictive John Kramer who is getting back at people who wronged him. And I think that this is going to put in a very interesting light on the situation because clearly, you know, these people do deserve to be in the games. You know, in terms of the 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 cinematic universe, I'm not, you know, judge, jury, and executioner, but based on John Kramer's rules, they do deserve to be in the games because they have purportedly done this to other people, not just John Kramer. Um, so I think that's something that's going to be important to remember as I think this is going to be sort of a sparking point to make him even, uh, what, what I would, I would say even more vindictive towards those who have wronged him. And I think that we're going to see a lot of creativity with the traps. And I think that, uh, um, Tobin Bell is going to have a larger role in this movie, um, just because based on the trailer, it feels like he's going to be more interactive with the game's. Um, whereas in the first one, he really wasn't a huge part of the games itself. He was just there. Um, yeah. And in later movies, he was sick, so he didn't really have a hands-on role yeah. um, outside of just being the mastermind. So I think that we're going to see him being more of a hands-on um, participant in these games, um, which is going to be great. I think it's going to be a version of John Kramer we've never seen before, which will in turn make it a very, very good movie.
0: Yeah, the i will tell you, the vibe I get from watching the trailers and stuff. It feels much more like John Kramer almost in the uh that the uh hero like role almost, right? Like a vigilante type yeah. role. It's hard not to to be sympathetic for him. And again, some of that can play, right? Some of the best villains you have a little sympathy for them. There's a little relatability there. Uh, that's why because you can you can relate, hey, if I was in that position, would I would I not go off the rails as much as he did? But it's hard, right, when when what happened, he thought he was going somewhere for a treatment. He thought it was going to help him. He it, it thought it had helped him to find out they really didn't do anything, right? They hadn't done anything. It's hard not to say, yeah, I'd be pissed too. And if I had, you know, if I was sitting here looking at this life-ending disease, would I not say – why not? Right. I got nothing to lose. I'm going to die anyway. Let's get some vengeance. It's 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 right. It's a uh, it's almost it's almost white right? Batman like almost. Right. You killed my parents. I'm going to you know, I'm going to vow to get some vengeance for the wrongdoings. Of this. So it's it's you know, we'll see how that part lays into the movie. But it's almost hard not to when you watch the trailers to get a little to feel very sympathetic. And to feel almost like, hey, he's almost, he's almost the, uh, the, the hero of the movie, right? The, <laughs> in a, in a dark kind of way. Uh, he, you know, the, the, these doctors and these people that supposedly helped him are more the villain than he is. Uh, um, so that's interesting. I'll, I'll be curious because again, that is very much to me at the heart of these movies. So, uh, I'll be curious to see how that, how that, you know, plays over into the full movie. Yeah. And and again, where does this fall? Does this again does this fall between one and two or two and three? I'm I'm having trouble remembering.
1: Um from what I've read, it takes place immediately after uh Saul One. So basically okay. Saul one happens and then this happens. But I think that we see him going to like the doctor and stuff. So I think it's like part of it's like immediately after, and then there's probably like a little bit of a break, and then like picks up type deal.
0: Yeah, so it'll be curious again to see how it ties then how how it bridges and leads to Saul Two. And what they do with that. So, um, so again, I'm excited. It's a, we're just, uh, uh, the time you're hearing this, we're, we're there. It's time to to come out. Uh, but the next episode, we will be reviewing this movie, uh, Sol X. And, a, and again, we will, we will revisit and see. We're not going to talk about the whole rankings, but part of our review, we will say, Hey, where would this drop into this ranking that we have established here of our favorites? Where, where, where do we feel now that would fall? I'm very much looking forward to it. So uh make sure you don't miss that. And uh, in order for you to not miss it, you have to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Yes. And wherever you are, make sure you subscribe. And if possible, rate and review us. That helps us in those algorithms. Helps us to come up as a suggested listen for people that are listening to other uh, similar uh film review and horror podcasts. Uh Like we've talked about all the time, and we, we haven't quite mentioned as much as episodes as we usually do. Follow us on social media. We're on all the platforms that listen to screams, listen the number two in screams. We're, uh, we're sharing all kinds of stuff. It is imperative now this week because we really didn't touch on our usual news and anniversaries and so on in this episode. So those will still be on social media this coming week, right? I, we will still do that research, still look those things up. So you won't hear these things. So make sure you're following us on social media because we'll still be posting those up in the coming week leading to the next episode. Uh, so that's it. That's our review of the Saul franchise. Uh, super excited to see Saul X and review it in the next episode. Like I said, more than likely we'll have a wives rebuttal, which is always a hit with the listeners. They always like when the wives come on and, uh, give their opinions. Uh, they are very opinionated. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, th- uh, more than likely that is forthcoming. So I, before we close out and get out of here, uh, anything you want to add? I don't think so. I just, other than the fact that I'm just, I'm immensely
1: excited for Saw X and, um, unrelated, but kind of related. I have a free popcorn for my birthday. So I'm probably going to eat that Woo. too. So I there love some popcorn soda. So I'm, I'm ready.
0: <laughs> yeah. Nothing like seeing a movie you want to see and not having to pay for the popcorn. Amen. That's always, <laughs> a, that's always a good thing. Again, this is a, a year of, of, of highlights. There's a lot of good, big, anticipated movies coming out. This is definitely one of the highest points for us. Um, this is, uh, is exciting. Uh, fingers crossed. It doesn't let us down. Uh, I, I've got good feelings. I've got good vibes. I always go into these things with a positive attitude and, uh, and hope for the best. And, uh, so far there's, there's been nothing out there that has made me, uh, made me second guess that. I'm, yeah. I'm very hopeful. Um, I, I'm uh, really excited and, uh, you'll, you'll get to hear though what we thought after viewing next episode but until then wherever you go and whatever you do be good be safe and have many pleasant nightmares